Welcome to The Last Draw, the art battle podcast where three creators battle it out each week in Procreate while discussing their favourite topics in comics, video games, and animation. This week's topic is... WandaVision, The Last Draw. Oh, hey everybody. <laughs> Welcome to The Last Draw podcast. I am Asa Paints and this is my co-host. What's your name again? Sandy Chamberlain. Uh, I'm sorry. What, what's your name again? I think that you've forgotten your name. <laughs> is Andy it something scribbles? <laughs> Might not to say my whole name. Am I no, no? I don't think you want to get stalked. Uh, that's okay. So. I got. I, yeah, I want to keep my purse. I mean, I don't have any money in it, so it's not really worth anything. But I, you know, I'm a teacher, so you know how that goes. Well, well, well I, I mean, like everyone could use some quarters or some worthers. I know you have some of those too. But you know what I really like are them little strawberry candies. You don't know where to get. You can only find those strawberry candies in a Baptist church. Like, 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 like you know, like they're always in some kind of a dish. <laughs> It's from a very, very, very foreign country. And like they come in bulk, <laughs> like probably like next to the cocaine in the bin, you know, on the ship, you know, just in case you're <laughs> like, like, one goes east, one goes west. They both get to the people, you know? <laughs> Why do you think grandmothers are so energetic? I mean, like. Oh, I never I thought know. of it that they, way. They, they, they get do up a like, lot of things. They're up at five, sometimes Making four, cinnamon cleaning. rolls. Yeah. yeah, like making Bisquick, whatever Bisquick is. Uh, oh, oh, bread. I miss bread. <laughs> you miss, oh, you miss bread? Um, I don't do bread anymore. Are you doing like cute. a keto, are you doing like a keto thing? What's happening? I don't know. I miss I miss good food. Like working out. Like, and you can't really tell because like I'm still in the early stages of skinny. But like the early stages of skinny. Yeah, like 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 when you're when you're starting to work out and you're getting toned, but you still haven't mastered because your stomach's really small, so you um, haven't mastered the art of eating five or six meals a day. And I have no desire to do that, but I'm I'm gonna have to pretty soon. Like I get right, I'm up to like four and a half. Like I do a snack. I feel like that's so. that kind of thing is so much easier to like control when you're like during like all this stuff during covid where everyone's sort of like home all day if, if you or if you have the luxury of staying home all day and you can like you're like oh i can do more self-care and i can work out and then like you know regular time starts back up and you're like wait a minute like when do i have time to do all these things like i couldn't even imagine just having the time to sit down to eat five times a day this happens like in the car on the toilet like when it's going out it's coming in you're just like you have a little dispenser of crackers gross yeah oh no like 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 every every chair is a throne so you just gotta work so i don't know i like i like eating in weird places now because i feel like i get really cool stares from people you know mm-hmm but you and I did meet at SCAD, which is Savannah College of Art and Design, which yes, was we did. super fun. Mm -hmm. What was what was meeting me like when we were at SCAD? What was meeting you like? I remember we met each other. We never we never talked about it. We we met like I think it was late night in one of the labs, right? Like I was there doing yeah. I think a rotoscoping animation for one of my classes. And you were working yeah. on an yeah. illustration. Cause I think this was even before that I had before I had decided to pursue the illustration degree in addition to the animation degree. I think, I um, think yeah. And I just remember you were like very quiet and to yourself. You just seemed like you were really zoned into your work and I hadn't met you yet. And I was just like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to wait and see. Yeah. I just remember like we, we met that night and then it was like, 
ever since then we just had crazy adventures together and it was just like from my, my birthday we can tell everybody about my birthday well, your birthday is the one reason why i'm 98 percent sure that we're both going to hell no it didn't start off it didn't start off strong either but i think i got into the wrong car <laughs> like i tried to get to a strange car because it was there was like a another mini cooper that came up to the dorm uh right before yours was supposed to and i tried to get in it and I, it was like an old man and he like, started screaming in spanish and i just jumped out of the car it wasn't it wasn't good and then then i just kind of went down from there because i'm pretty sure you and i stole someone's handicapped parking spot we did not because and, i had an yeah. official handicapped sign um I, I, neither of us had crutches that well, night this is true but but um, now i can now i have i have my migraine so i have i'm at my own handicap sign yeah. now so hang on mm -hmm. you have before we get into like drawing and talking about like, i know like, like we haven't talked about drawing yet you have a handicap sticker for a migraine because of heat intolerance in Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. Because if, oh. I, if I get caught some, somewhere and I have to park too, too far away from the like the entrance, I can I can have an, a migraine induced from being in the heat so so long. It's like a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, medicine is is growing and evolving every day. Yeah, <laughs> I, we were just I, talking I, about all this like, before we got on the air that I just never realized I had chronic migraine. I just thought I had really bad. Yeah. I mean, I knew I had migraine, but I didn't know it was chronic for years. The only thing that gives me migraines are conversations about migraine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was like, that's not a thing. That's not, that's not real. Um, all the poor migraine sufferers are out there are like, oh no, this guy. <laughs> I have a feeling that 90% of this podcast is just going to be me laughing. <laughs> I mean, probably. And I say like random, random things. So, so let's talk about art and stuff and pop culture things. And what let's, was. Let's talk, about, let's talk about the wonderfulness, the, the kitschiness. Mm. WandaVision. Yes, WandaVision. Because I, 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 ne I never catch up on television. You know, like, so like the fact that I'm caught up is, is pretty remarkable actually. Mm -hmm. So like you guys motivated me when I knew that you and Joe were watching it and had already seen it before me, I was like, let me get on this. So it's, it's really neat. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. I, I had, I've watched it from the beginning. Um, my dad, she actually showed it to me. I think Mark had showed it to me as well, but my dad was really excited about it because it looked like the old sitcoms and he's 75. So he was just like, oh my gosh, look at this. It's in black and white. It looks like I love Lucy. He like freaked out and got really excited. So we we started watching him. And um, I had a feeling that it was going to be, you know, her kind of mentally coping with losing vision and yeah. that sort of what's going on. But the way that they're the way that they're formatting it is so interesting to me. I know that I've read some articles, like I was just reading an article before we came on today that was saying, and I think it was either the, I can't remember, and I apologize, it was the director or um, one of the producers on the show was kind of defending the fact that people don't know how to watch television anymore because everybody's complaining that the first couple episodes, you know, because it's Marvel and they're expecting all the eye candy and the battle scenes and all this stuff, that they're not understanding the even in this short period of time that we've had the binging shows like on Netflix, they're having a hard time with waiting a good chunk of time to see the next episode. Um, they released the first two episodes, so they were able to eat that up really quickly. But then they were saying there's nothing really substantial happening. 
there's, it's not moving fast enough for me. This is what the audience, I guess this is the feedback they're getting. And so they were kind of, you know, retorting back and saying, Hey, um, you know, people have literally forgotten how to watch just TV. And what they got <laughs> was a twilight zone, like yeah. format. And they don't know what that is. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> this, like, like we do. We do. And that's what I'm old. saying. It's a, it's uh, a weird generational thing because, you know, I was born in 79. Are we not supposed to um, date ourselves? But I am older. And I remember in the early 80s, no, I would watch all these shows um, on reruns, of course, but they were just on. My mom liked them and my dad liked them. So they were just sort of on in the background. We were always a TV family. So we constantly had the TV on. I was very lucky with that kind of um, of a sense growing up of just media and pop culture and just being really connected to everything. It wasn't like a special thing where I'd only had certain amount of time to watch TV all day. It was just like, yeah, you'd get up and the TV could be on in the background while you're doing other things. And so I grew up on, I love Lucy and Gilligan's Island and three's company and different strokes. And was it punky Brewster and all these like amazing oh, yeah. shows. Remember punky Brewster There's all these like amazing little sitcom shows that, um, you know, not all of them were really geared towards younger, younger children, but, um, Nevertheless, I watched them. And I, I don't remember this because I was so young, but my, my parents would tell me that I really liked Benny Hill. So whenever I hear that, yeah, that, really that, that silly <laughs> opening, I'm always like, I remember that, but I don't remember that. And I guess that was very inappropriate for children, but I watched it anyways. They didn't care. I was never censored. We had like pirate boxes and black boxes. What was they called in Southern California? We had those and we would have a friend shimmy up the the um, electricity pole and they, or however they hooked into the cable and we would have that box that just like would unload all the channels onto us. And I remember my friend Desiree had one and then um, my dad brought one home and it was just like Christmas because it would have, they used to, oh, see, all, this is for all the kids. They used to have, um, I mean, they might still have pay-per-view, but they had pay-per-view where they would show a, a new movie that was like maybe not in the video stores, but not quite in theaters anymore. It was kind of like you were the in the hotel. Remember the hotel? Midway to cable. Yeah, midway to cable. And and it was always fancy cable like HBO, which, you know, who, who could have that? Because um, it was so, you know, and still kind of expensive. But yeah, I just remember like it was really cool. You would pay for a pay-per-view movie and then you would get it and it would say, it's going to start at exactly eight o'clock on this channel. And this is your little window. You couldn't pause it. You couldn't go to the bathroom. There's nothing. Once it started, it was like you're at a movie theater. It started, it played, and it literally would just cut off. But if you had one of these uh, pirate boxes, like the channel would be busted wide open. And then every hour would just show the movie, show the movie, show the movie. It was fantastic. It was so great. I just um, well, 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 just, just, just to touch on one thing here. Um, I just want to tell you that I love you because it's been such a long time since someone's used the word shimmy. I will probably use a lot of old timey terms. My students catch me on this all the time. They're just like, really, really Miss Chamberlain? And I'm like, yep. That, really? that was the equivalent to verbally churning butter. Like for me, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what world? Didn't you have a ladder? <laughs> like, couldn't you have walked up or climbed? Like you should be. I don't know. Like large women at my church would do like, Right when the hymns started, they would just get super excited and and like buttons they, would fly. They would so like yeah, that was, like like no one needed a tambourine at, at my church. That's all I'm saying. That's, so that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> wow, did you really just say that? And they had the strawberry candy. Like, like yeah, like they, they would they would fall to the floor like a pinata. <laughs> oh 
my god all the little kids are around the lady shimming and they're like yeah i got one oh no like black churches are something else man like like, like i and like we don't call them negro spirituals i've never heard that term in my so, whole like, entire like, life like i can, i'm i'm going to try to work this all the way back to wandavision but everyone's looking at like some like like somehow it 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 made me appreciate superheroes <laughs> taught me what mythology was like it taught me what like like appreciating what particular time period based on archetypes was like like because okay. like negro spiritual you can tell what it is Okay. Like, it sounds like you're outside when you're listening. <laughs> like it sounds like the sun is hot, and it sounds like like um, you're not having a great time. Like because because the notes are really long, like screams. You know. Oh. <laughs> so, so okay. Like, you know, like and even a kid could tell. Like just like that doesn't sound like something I should be jumping up and down to. You know, like because like, we we celebrate in church. Yeah. With superheroes, I think everybody has to have a particular thing that they do. Mm-hmm. And the way that Wanda was designed, she was supposed to be um, a villain that then, you know, kind of went good. Like like the, what they did with Emma Frost, but they did it better with Emma than they did with Wanda. Like Wanda, they just made her crazy. And the fact that no one said anything when she married a robot was red flag number one <laughs> like, 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 I, we know that she married the robot because he always turns into like the cute no alien. i'm talking about like in the comic books yeah like, like like in early days of marvel back when the avengers were a thing and they because like she and her and she and pho like came around and the brotherhood of evil mutants she basically could fire hex spheres which they sort of morphed into that weird telekinetic illusion casting thing that she does in the movies but at the same time she was supposed to affect uh, probability and Ooh. that was her main power. And but like at the same time, she could warp reality because she had chaos magic because uh, she was trained by Agatha Harkness. And so wait, Agatha who? The, her nosy neighbor. The nosy neighbor. Okay, yes, very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. The Ethel, like, like, I call her the Ethel character because that's who I feel yeah. she is. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's actually um, I think the sitcom. Um, you know, caricature of Agatha Harkness, who in the comic books was a very powerful witch who trained Wanda and had her, you know, sort of be her protege. So okay. I think that, like, if you look up the um, the casting on Wikipedia, I think you can see all the character names, and I'm not sure if they actually give the real ones yet. So okay, hold on. The first episode. Oh my gosh! So I love. I hated love, it. I hated no. it. I loved it, yeah. but I loved, I'm not even talking, I'm like not even talking about the episode yet. I was going to talk about the intro when it went from like all fancy color and like 16 by 19, all cropty. And then it went to the four by three and it happened like so smooth, like butter. I'm going to draw a block of butter for my first uh, drawing here. Somebody out there would want me to draw a little pat of butter with a happy face on it, I'm sure. <laughs> but anyways, the opening to the to the show was super slick and fun. And they've done a couple, they, they did it a couple other times too. Like in this very last episode, when the guy came up from the sewer and he was all like in color. And then he turned to look at Vision and Wanda. And then he turned into black and white. It was super smooth. I loved it. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. But going back to the first episode, um, I loved it because it was very like, I love Lucy. And those old like sticky kind of sitcom. And I just thought the comedic timing of everything was funny. And it was, it was so sweet and just full of saccharin that it almost gave me like cavities. 
And it just sort of like, for me, I, I think that it might be hard for a younger audience to really kind of get into it unless they, unless they're like kind of, I don't know, like the young kids that are like, I only listen to uh, 45s now and they go back and they get all the vinyl uh, music and they're, they're into analog. If you get the younger generation who are like hooked into that and like watch all this stuff on streaming, like CBS has all the old I Love Lucy's if you have the CBS streaming app, which if you don't have it, my God, you should get it because especially if you're into Star Trek at all, um, we could have a whole nother one where we talk about Star Trek Discovery. I love that show. I love that show. And my dad just loves it. It's just fantastic. But um, you, can, you can go back and you can watch all those things now. You can stream them. And so there might be, the, you know, it might be a give and take. It might be where WandaVision sort of sparks this interest in the old 50s and 60s and 70s sitcoms. To or where it doesn't. May, or, or, or it doesn't. You're right. Maybe it won't. Some people might want to kind of jump back and look at that stuff. I think that um, the whole, was that the one where they had the dinner party? Yeah. 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 And that was a very typical thing. And while I was watching it, I was actually thinking like how weird and cliche that used to be where your home life and your family had to look so, it, it feeds into all that 1950s nonsense where, you know, your life had to be suburban and white picket fence and so picturesque or else you were just a failure at life. And where every single little thing had to be perfect in something like the boss is coming to dinner. Like, you know, nothing could go wrong. Everything had to be great with the food or else you didn't succeed at whatever your job was. Like, what did that have to do with how you do your job? Well, and that just, was usually for people that were going to get promoted, I think. Um, I guess. I mean, maybe, yeah. That, like, it, was, it, was a, it was a particular thing. Because um, have you ever seen that movie, Mona Lisa Smile? Uh, yeah, a long time ago. Is that the one with um, yeah. Julia like, Roberts? Yeah, they had to take like, poise in elocution classes and, and women had to take um, synchronized swimming. Uh, did you enjoy a uh, scad then? You're like crazy worried that I'm going to talk shit about I was scad. like, please don't. No. <laughs> I, had, I had an amazing experience. Scad was very frustrating on one end. Um, but I had a really amazing experience there in both the animation and the illustration departments. And I feel like, you know, I remember just being so exhausted and so tired and I ha having already been like older and in the field and working in my industry and then also teaching the industry that I was learning to, you know, to get my master's for, it would frustrate me sometimes because I would be so tired and doing all these, um, when I went from, from teaching to just being full-time at SCAD, I remember that shift. I was like, oh, this will be so nice. Cause I had always been like working or going to school or having at least two jobs since I was 15. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, the school that you're working for is closing. You're getting laid off. And I had a big like life moment. And I remember my dad just saying, it's okay, go to school. And I was like, wow. Okay. And then I was like, this is going to be so nice. I'm going to have so much free time and it's going to be great. I went from two classes at SCAD to the third graduate level class. And it just felt like they handed me my ass every day. I was exhausted. I was pissed because I was like, they should be paying me to do this. Like, I think I just, you know, I waited. I think it's good. I think it's a good thing that you wait in between getting your degrees, like an undergrad and a master's degree. But I think that I waited like five or, you know, five plus years and it was just a little too much or I don't know. And I guess because I was, it was, when that happened, it would have been more than five years. It would have been like seven plus years between the time that I was out of undergrad and then just going to graduate school. And looking back, I don't think I could have finished as strongly as I did without having the, you know, not having the job. But at the same time, it was just, I just remember it was so exhausting. And I remembered being like, why do I need to be this exhausted to get better at art? 
Like, why does it have to be so concentrated and such a struggle? And that's the bit I didn't care for. I didn't like that. But the content of what I was learning and the techniques and the people that I met and the professors that I had were fantastic. And it was just a really, a really good time. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. I think that my art, you know, went skyrocketed and it went from what a master's degree is supposed to do in art. It pushes you to like, you know, find your voice. And I, I really feel like that, that that did happen, especially after Julie, Julie Mueller Brown. I'll never forget. You know, I always wanted to be like you, Asa, you could render beautifully. And I've always wanted to do that. And so I pursued it for a really long time. And I remember it wasn't until I got, I switched over and I, I went for my MFA in illustration that I remember just vividly, Julie, just, I think she even took me by the shoulders and shook me one day. And I was just like, accosted by Julie, but you, you know, she was so wonderful and I just love her. And she said, stop trying to be who you're not. You have a voice. You can draw these amazing little simplistic cartoon things that would be hard for anybody who could realistically render to do. And you're chasing the wrong thing. And I said, I just, I said, Oh, and it just, it just it's well, it was moments of clarity. I had that epiphany after she said it. I said, why haven't I pushed my own style and my own artwork? Why am I trying to pursue this thing that like is just difficult for me? And you know, the funny thing is I can teach it. I just have a hard time like drawing realistically, but I can give like little demos and little tidbits on certain things. But, you know, then I said, okay. And I did a complete 180 and I started really diving into the weird little like cartoony sketches, but more in a more illustrative way because it was for the illustration department. And all of a sudden, like my art just kind of took off. And I really, I have to thank her for that because she really saw something in me and said, hey, knock it off. Just at the right moment, I think, in grad school. And, and that was just a wonderful, wonderful experience, even though it was kind of like, oh. Hey, Asa, what was going to graduate school like for you? It's good. It's um... good. Oh, let's see. Um, it was competitive. I don't remember. I don't remember this. I guess maybe maybe I took myself out of it. I just didn't care about the competitiveness of it. I was just there to like have fun and enjoy myself, you know, and I just never I, I didn't jump into all that that world with you guys. I do remember yeah. having a conversation with you because you had come from the fashion industry. It's in, it's interesting. I keep kind of forgetting that I had this whole other life if you're really good at fashion illustration, they make you just specialize in that. And then you're, you're not really designing anything anymore, even though you're labeled a designer. So I was basically just a fashion illustrator that worked in an, a design office. And I illustrated products and I illustrated dresses and, and things like that. And then, you know, like whatever the final, like, cause the seamstresses are the ones that make everything. Like we're always just emailing. Hmm. And then we'd send out tech packs with specs in them. So that was what I was doing before I went to SCAD. And so when I came to SCAD, I was a, a senior level fashion designer already. I was, I was very much not interested in doing anything but getting my degree when I first got there. Us talking about WandaVision isn't going to be as in-depth. Like, as you and I will probably be, like, Wikipediaing it. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Well, that's the best I can do. It's late. I'm tired. It's too early. It's too early to let the listeners know my true. Hey guys. Hi. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Uh, sorry, I had to uh, take care of new baby stuff. Did the baby come today? Yeah, like a couple hours ago. Desa, I told you. Apparently, I cannot read text messages. Uh, 
but like everyone, this is Joe Draws. He's our third co-host. He is. He is uh, I just had a. Uh, Joe had a baby today. Yeah, I had a. Uh, I got a uh, seven-pound boy. Oh, so. oh, that's amazing! Congratulations! Yeah. Congratulations, Thanks. dude! Wow. So exciting. Well, we pretty much just threw our whole itinerary out the window. Like oh, we were okay. supposed to be drawing. Neither of us are drawing. We're just perfect. Reading. No way, I'm drawing. <laughs> like I just threw down my pencil like five minutes ago. Like I was oh. just like, uh, like, like I wanted to draw, but like I, it's not a competition if Joe's not here. Like, like then it's just like that's right because I'm not about the competition. No. Yeah, like, like she she doesn't give me any any run for my money. No. Like, like I, I like Joe 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 does those interesting vignettes that I I'm obsessed with. I'm just drawing for fun. Like it's it's COVID season, so like I, I I'm already stresses in the air, and plus it snowed really hard today where i am so oh, like, did I, it really? I didn't get to leave the house like i i like to leave oh. the house and go to people watch at um i i, I guess i'll say where oh at, at walmart but like i'm in the midwest <laughs> and i like that like i i find people like you know those pictures <laughs> like there's like i think there's like a tumblr or something um called only at walmart or some shit and like it really is like a clown car of nonsense and i find really cool stuff there like i found my waffle maker oh like I, I you know i every now and again i find a really really good um mechanical pencil like an industrial mechanical pencil mm -hmm. like, like i find like really weird stuff there what's the um what's the new dr strange movie called because i know like it's ant-man and uh something mania it leaves multiverse of madness multiverse of madness yeah is that, do you think that's gonna play into the wandavision yeah like, do you For think sure. that that, okay. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. You're going to see strange for sure at some point in the series, or you're going to see them hinting at Well, he has to get her out of the, he has to, he's going to be the one that's going to have to get her out. That's my prediction. Well, yeah. You're going to see her messing with, you know, because she possesses in the, in the MCU, she doesn't just possess magic powers. She's, she's basically a walking infinity gauntlet. So, yeah. You're gonna need somebody who understands how to wield that power, which only really Strange knows how to do. So, and then it's been said that you're gonna see Scarlet Witch, you're gonna see a lot of crossover, and you saw that with like the Spider-Man movie and everything. So they're hinting at it for sure. So, so let me ask you a question. Like, actually, I'll, let me ask both of you. Before you ask the question, um, Joe, just for those of us who don't know who what Sword is, can you explain that really quick? So, so Sword is like a it's like a sister branch of shield in the Marvel universe. You have shield, which is mm -hmm. like a, um, it's a government run, but it's kind of like an extrajudicial enforcement branch of like superpowered people. So okay. anytime you see Samuel L. Jackson in the MCU, he's Nick Fury, the leader of shield. And they're yeah. kind of like a task force for uh, meta, or I, th I think they called them enhanced in the MCU. Uh, okay. So, non-mutant non-x-men avenger level threats space threats stuff like okay. that and sword okay. is their kind of like advanced they they call it weaponry in the mm. MCU, uh but it's like sentient weaponry uh, uh research stuff so basically okay. if there's technology they're involved in like uh, acquiring researching it redeveloping it that kind okay. of um, so, so so basically cool. sandy were you asking for the listeners or were you asking for yourself <laughs> oh, 
I'm asking okay. for more. Because that was very well disguised. No, I, I won't have to give you that. That was well, well done. I was just like, oh, she's, she cares about the listeners. That's yeah. so important. That's oh, so I wonderful. Know. I was like, wait a minute. I was um, like, hang on. It can be both. <laughs> I was like, how dare she commandeer this podcast? So in the MCU, just to, just to kind of get wrap up the uh, explainer, in the MCU, it was established by, uh, at least in WandaVision's case, it was established by Monica Rambeau's mother during in the Miss Marvel, uh, not Miss Marvel, but the Captain Marvel movie. Uh, okay. so in the Captain Marvel movie, the mother of Monica Rambeau uh, established, basically started or, or began S.W.O.R.D. because okay. of what happened during Captain Marvel. So okay. they became kind of the, I guess, to use a, the parlance, the tip of the sword in terms of extraterrestrial um, technology. Gotcha. You know, okay, okay, thank you. Like, like, everyone's going to think I'm really stupid, but I just got the connection, like S.H.I.E.L.D. and so like, yeah. I just put it together. Sorry. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, oh, like, every now and again, I missed the mark. But like, um, yeah, I never really watched Agents of Shield. That wasn't really my bag. Like, I, I, I will devour anything Marvel. It was I just, obviously. I, it was I, I don't know. Like, there was something. There was something about it. But everyone swears yeah. by it. I know it's good, but I just I couldn't get it's into it. It's good, but it it kind of muddied the waters in terms of like keeping. It, it initially did a good job of kind of like tying the ends between the movies, but after that, after all the time travel stuff, and it started getting convoluted. It's now. Yeah. It's better than Inhumans. I'm just gonna make this clear. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Inhumans was trash. Like, let's all just say, and, like, and we all can agree. I love Inhumans. I don't even know what you're talking about. They didn't do a good job. Like, it, it's 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 not even worth talking about. Like, like, let's just pretend. Like, it's it's the same fuck up that is M. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, X Men Three: The Last Stand. Yeah. Like, as far as I'm concerned, there were two X Men movies before Apocalypse. And and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, like, I I like I don't count the three. Just like I don't count Inhumans. I, I I'm glad that they're redoing it though. Like, are they redoing Inhumans or are they doing um, uh, the Eternal? No, they're doing the Eternals. I got that wrong. My bad. Like, they're doing Eternals. So, like, I'm excited for that. And I think. Oh, baby sound. Baby sound. Baby sounds. <laughs> I'm not used to that. Sandy, are you lactating? Sound of a baby cry? No. Like that's how you're doing. I don't know a lot about no. women, so like you gotta. You oh know. no, my biological clock it 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 withered and died in like 35 for me. I was like, it was it, it burned real bright for a while, and I was just like, I never wanted a baby. Why do I want a baby? What's going on? What's going on? It's a little bit tapered off, and then now I'm I'm free of it. So like, I made it through the hump. Oh yeah, everyone was like, it's gonna be a thing. You're gonna go through this thing called the biological clock, and I was like, oh phooey, that's not gonna happen to me. And I would like be watching TV, and they'd have like. The little onesies or something and i was just like oh they're so cute the little babies <gasps> and then yeah it was crazy hormones are weird and now you ovulate sand uh i want to you guys to tell me what your favorite part of the one division episodes were just one one like what was your favorite oh. moment favorite moment can we spoil or no spoil um official spoilers right now you guys so if you don't want to listen then <laughs> cut, us, cut it off cut so, it off cut it off here <laughs> so a, a big part of the a big part of all the critiques for wandavision has been its pacing they say it's kind of a long almost a too long yeah like we, we, we were talking about the bitch fest we were talking about, yeah. 
a lot's been put into the first couple of episodes because of the way they're trying to set up the this pocket universe yeah. and all this other type of stuff. I think they've done a good job of like again, you really got to know how the story that they're pulling from was set up so that you want, so that you get a little more excited about how it is now because it's not technically a House of M situation where it's straight up uh, Wanda doing the whole thing. You know, there's there's um, are there other forces at play? Well, yeah, there's ambiguous forces at play. You don't know. You don't know what happened before. So the biggest thing is going to be now watching uh, how it unravels. I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest, be the most exciting thing. Is like you're going to see how it unravels because people are basically just placing bets on if it's going to be a House of M type of thing where she just had a huge mental break and out of nowhere. I will say that my favorite is right now was the very last scene in episode four where uh, zombie vision shows up and spooks her because now you're seeing it really start to unravel and it really started to set in and it did it in a way that I think um, needed episode four because you didn't quite understand what was going on in episode three. Mm-hmm. So she was kind of spooked and all, but you didn't get her point of view. So there's, there's now there are these questions of whether she sees him like that all the time, or she's not always on the reality ma- maintenance kick. And anytime she gets distracted by it, when's it going to crumble fast? Mm. Yeah. Well, to me, um, I think, I think it's definitely going to be a tie into the Mephisto okay. into more of the that's into your, more that's of the prediction. Okay, yeah, because she's going to appear in the in the in the in the, in the, in the Doctor Strange movie. I don't think they're going to put her in a position to be in the universal um, reality bending, like the world, the glo- literally global world bending thing yet. Um, but I, I think the biggest, the biggest takeaway is here is you're going to see, um, how they translate her powers in the MCU using comic book storylines, because the powers that she has in the movies are different than they are in the storylines. She's not a walking infinity gauntlet in the, in the comic books in the same way that she is here. So they're using, you know, kind of a. Not a vague story, but like an important, but a not vague. It's a flexible story. Okay. Whereas House of M required a lot of context. Yeah, yeah. You kind of had to know why she was doing it. But at the same time, like there was a great emotional payoff in House of M. Like, 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 no, no, like what I'm saying is like one, the discovery of the fact that it was Pietro's idea to do the entire thing, and everyone was blaming Magneto, everyone thought it was Wanda just being selfish or not, or wanting to live and whatever, but then when they found out that it was Pietro behind the entire thing, yeah, it was, yeah, but, that, but, that, was that was this great, like, like when you don't see the thing that was right there in front of you the entire time, yeah. uh, like, that was, that was what that emotional payoff was for, and that was how to them. And what I'm saying is, yeah, so what I'm saying is, is like, as good as that was, it still requires a lot more context that the current MCU just doesn't have. It's not going to be until you introduce X-Men into it that I think they're even going to think about 
that. And that's going to be a long way down. The road. How are they going to explain think X-Men yeah. and then explain Wanda's power? Because isn't like Wanda was supposed to be a mutant, but now she was created by um, right. the Infinity Stone. So like, like now like they have to sort of rewrite history a bit. Yeah, and that's why I think the Mephisto storyline works better. I think they're going to, and that, and it also works a lot easier by moving it into the Doctor Strange territory where you get extra dimensional or, you know, magic based stuff in the Marvel universe. It's just easier. And that's not, that's not a bad thing. It's, it's the fact that that particular story is so flexible that it allows the people doing the movie stuff to kind of blend those stories that a lot of the comic book fans and the people who are creating that were really into. Uh, I mean, the look of the show even in the first episode, is straight out of um, the Vision family comic book. Okay. Uh, that happened during House of M. I mean, there was a concurrent uh, comic book that showed the Vision with his Vision family in a 50s sitcom, you know, uh, Leave it to you Be. You know, I remember scenario. seeing variant covers. I remember seeing variant covers of that, the, of, of yeah, what so, I did not ever get. And I so you're seeing... Yeah. So you're seeing my you're seeing House of M style stylistically, but the story is the twins, the twin saga, the twin, the you know the Mephisto twins. Okay, but I'll just I'll just get to Sandy, 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 Sandy. Okay, now like, we're gonna get to the good stuff. I want to hear your favorite moment from WandaVision, from any episode one, two, three, or four, and mm. also your predictions for where it's going. My favorite moment for sure so far, like it's not going to be anything like fancy, but um, I really like the conversation with um, uh, the one that just reappeared on in the fourth episode. She like unthanos oh, um, the daughter of the um, Joe Monica Rambo. Monica Rambo. <laughs> that's, not, that's how it's going to go. I'm going to lose my mind. And then gonna go. <laughs> like, who is she in that world? She play, I forget oh, her she name. played Geraldine. Okay, so in the show version, I really like their friendship at the the, the stupid thing where they were going to, they were setting up the, the fundraiser for the kids. And they were sort of like making a nice little friendship. And then the blonde lady like side-eyed them and was like, how dare you be talking mm -hmm. when I'm talking? And they just sort of had this like silent moment. Oh, together and that girl that is were from like, Buffy, by the way. I want you guys to know that. Like that girl is oh. from Buffy. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that actress, what? she was also in Buffy. I've enjoyed her the whole time throughout the series. But I just, I really like the little subtle moment of like, they were on the same playing field. They They were there for the same reasons. And they were like, making a friendship and this other lady was just like you know obviously super snotty and like the one lady was saying oh you have to be like in her clique and they were just like well we're here to help the kids like genuinely and then i just really like that moment <laughs> to to add to that um what did you think what do you think of the fact that the big reason why she got um scuttled i guess is the best way to describe it or thrown through a wall in this case uh was because mm -hmm. she uh, was able to find a point of unintentionally find a point of vulnerability with Wanda's character mm -hmm. um, where, yeah. you know, they had the moment, they had the kids and they was super, super vulnerable and in that vulnerability, oh, yeah. the magic wears off and Wanda unintentionally kind of, you know, push literally pushes away her friend, you know, 
Yeah, that 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 was really, and you know what? Just to speak to that scene as well, when she was having the baby, her friend was so rock solid that like all that crazy shit was going on all around them, and the bit and the friend was like, "Nope, we're having a baby right now. None of this." She didn't question it. Nothing mattered. She it was really just like, was just an acknowledgement that she's not crazy yet, like like that she is in complete control of this world, and mm-hmm. she and she's just playing along. She's she's actually acting. Like when she's doing all of this and that's what makes it so creepy. Like that's what makes it so creepy for me. Cause I'm just like, this, this girl knows exactly what's going on. Like, I think even vision is still, still a bit along for the ride, but I think that, that she's more like, okay, like we're hiding and this is our home now. And you know what? That's actually what she says at the end of episode four. She goes, and this is our home. I think that she's in the first episode to me, it feels like she's so far down the rabbit hole that maybe even if she is lucid, she's just like, I feel comfortable and I'm happy here. And I'm going to make this as, you know, kitschy and heartwarming as possible. And I think that vision re- see that. How do you explain vision having those realizations? Like when the neighbors in the one episode are like, Oh, she's you don't know her name or she's just here for whatever reason and and the one like the the ethel character is like no don't don't tell him that kind of bit and he's just like he has these moments of complete confusion where he you could see him actively trying to figure it out so if it if the essence of him wasn't there why would he care at all if it was just her version like here's here's what i want you to understand about like and i don't know this for a fact this is just what i'm interpreting from what i've read in the comics okay um like, which will lead to what I think is the truth. Um, actually, I'm just going to give my prediction now. <laughs> like, okay, so I'll be, I mean, like, my obvious opinion is that this vision is just a manifestation of Wanda's powers. Vision is dead. Vision is gone. She mm-hmm. brought him back to life with her reality warping powers. And he will fade away when she, like, when she, her powers are finally, like, when she finally acknowledges that um she made this all up like she does not have two babies that was a manifestation of her powers of her reality warping powers Mm -hmm. just like it was in the house of m that is uh because um she could create like alternate bodies for herself to show off in house of m like she she could bring back the avengers at will the ones that she helped murder in house of m like things like that Mm -hmm. so like i think that's where we're going here is that like like this entire neighborhood i think vision is just a byproduct of her reality working powers gone awry. And I think that like the, the heartbreaking moment that's going to happen, my prediction is there's going to be something similar to what happened in Endgame. I mean, not in Endgame, in, in, in um, Infinity War, where mm-hmm. she has to destroy Vision herself again. And, and he's, he's, like a living, he's like a living memory. Yeah, like, he, like he's going to have to fade away. And mm-hmm. and it's gonna be heartbreaking, and that's gonna be her descent into pure madness, and she's gonna lose her shit. And I think that that's that's gonna be the heart because they have to make it heart wrenching. It's Marvel, like they have to break your heart mm-hmm. with it, like because this is a love story between Wanda and Vision. Yeah. But he's not real; he's dead. Like 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 we watched him die, and mm-hmm. like unless Shuri in Wakanda like, like really did like remanifest a new Mind Stone, which I don't think that she finished her work. Um, then I don't see any plausible way how he came back to life other than the fact that she just remade him. So, and why would yeah, they, why would they have not touched that in Endgame? You know, they, they would have touched I know. I, well, like, I, well, she didn't finish the work. Like, like they showed that she had to swipe the information away uh, and start yeah. fighting Endgame. But my, my favorite moment actually ties into this whole thing um, about her, like, acknowledging that she um, is aware 
when the lady from that 70s show do you guys um yeah the mom the, yeah, the mom um mm -hmm. i believe her name is deborah joe rupp and uh, first of all amazing amazing actress i love but i like if you're gonna do a bewitch style episode like a like a 50 60 70 episode you gotta have her in it so like that was amazing casting so was madeline hunt but like um when she when uh her husband was choking and she kept saying stop and then she kept saying it to wanda like like stop like like what like and then wanted like snapped back to reality that was my favorite moment so like like yeah like that was and it was surprising to me because i i really nice. hated the first episode because i don't like i didn't like nicky knight when i was a kid and i was forced to watch nicky knight like i learned to love it i learned to appreciate it. seeing every episode of i love lucy and bewitched but anyway so like uh let's all like let's do the official like first official episode goodbye like so like guys i'm asa paints i'm sandy scribbles everybody uh, stay positive and productive out there so draws um yeah uh, enjoy enjoy yourselves out there and uh we'll see you again so we are going to actually try to draw right. next week I do. so uh, hopefully we won't have so much going on so like but like that is the premise i was that sending we you guys a text message of my little thing i was drawing so there you go oh yeah, yeah we're, we're gonna post everything so like mm -hmm. yeah you guys are welcome to draw along with us each episode so thank you so much, you guys, and have a safe one. Enjoy Thanks COVID. <laughs> no, no, guys, I'll see you later. And <laughs> you could have, Joe. Next time, tell us because I like I would have left you alone. Like I would have <laughs> like just just go like having baby, actively having baby. <laughs> it's happening right now. Cause I like, I know I, I misread your text and I was just like, Oh, I was like, I was like, it says it's, he says like, she's pregnant, but like it says it's early. So I thought that it was like the early stages of pregnancy and you were just going oh, in for a no, checkup. No. And I was just like, Oh, that's not what that was. Okay. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, he wanted it to be a surprise, but she went into labor. So yeah. Well now the podcast has a good origin story. <laughs> yes, <it's> a <laughs>